This is one of those uh, episodes I had to start recording, like, I had to drop everything and then record, okay, because I was on on an idea. I'm very impulsive in general. Like, I always come up with shit on the fly and I act on it. That's the difference between me and I guess every other person or most other normal people is that when they have certain urges or impulses to do something, they don't act on them because oftentimes they're not at the appropriate time or for the appropriate thing, you know. And yes, of course, I curb myself in some instances. Like, I'm not going to start banging somebody on the train because I'm horny. Although, if there was a hot chick on the train, that would be like, hey, what's up? And I'd be like, hey, what's up? I'd probably find a way to do so. It's true, you know, because I'm very impulsive. So, like, if I, if I feel something, if I have a good idea, if a good notion, I always, you know, pull out the phone and I record it. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, promote this in any, in any sense, but it is a good way to fucking take notes and keep notes. But the thing is, with your notes, like, I don't know if you guys have a notepad on you or your notepad is in your short... Um, shortcuts thing on your phone you know if you have an iphone you could drop down the thing and then you could put whatever you want so with me it's like a voice record because obviously this is the way i take notes down if you do have a notepad if you carry a notepad that's a good idea because you do you know there's a lot of times you think about something oftentimes when you're taking a poop or you got some downtime on the bus or you know in traffic or whatever when you're not focusing on something else you could have an idea because something's in the back of your mind so just like breathing is dual for you, right? So when you're running away from the cops or the dog that's going to bite you, you're not thinking about breathing. You're thinking about living, you know? But right now, if I told you to take a deep breath, pause, you're controlling that. So it's both subconscious and foreconscious. Thoughts are the same way. You could be driving a car, talking to your friend, and it's the same, you know, you're driving a car and then you're talking to your friend about something. Not driving a car, obviously. You're not telling your friend, I'm hitting the brake now, you know? But it's like a thing that you're thinking about both things. If you were asleep, you couldn't do either. So you are using your brain in two different paths all the time. Every duality is always, right? So it's always good to have a notepad or something like that because oftentimes if you can't act on the urge, you could at least take the note and remind yourself of the urge or whatever thought you had so you could redo it later, right? The whole point of this whole episode is um, three words, okay? Excuse me, three words. The words are sales cures all okay if you are in the restaurant industry or I guess in any type of industry but from my perspective I could only give it to you from hospitality because I haven't worked anywhere else for too too long extended assassination doesn't really count as sales cures all you know but I guess it does whatever anyway, the point is you know I was not an assassin but I'd like to think that I was just like I'd like to think I was a chef anyway what does that mean? Sales cures all. It means once you have sales in your restaurant, it cures literally every single other ailment you could possibly have. Everything. And I do mean everything. And this is why I had this episode because something about this episode sparked that thing in me again. It was told to me by a chef who is an incompetent son of a bitch. And he was annoying. You know, he could say, you could do a handstand. You could do a handstand for 10 minutes. Big whoop, right? Try it. Try to do a handstand against the wall for one minute. All right, try it. And then you can do it for 10. So <laughs> the guys in jail had tough times doing push-ups on their hands. You know, that's, that's, that should say something. He says to me, sales cures all. And in this case, we were talking about the inventory. Now, the inventory is something that you have to do every month if you want to have a competent restaurant and a business that you, you know, are in control of. Every week, every two weeks, every month, every day, that would be the best. You know, actually, the best would be every hour. 
and get an AI to fucking count the restaurant every single hour so I know who ate the fucking side of fries that, that were left in the back that the health department could have digged us on and piece of shit. Clean up after yourselves, motherfuckers. <sighs> anyway, what do I mean by that? So I was working at this restaurant once that was really, really busy and it had to be shut down for the day because stuff happened. Okay, things happened that the restaurant had to be shut down. Let's leave it at that. I'm not going to say what happened. I'm not going to say what it was because people listen to this podcast that could potentially cause this podcast harm. So I'm not going to say what it was, but it did shut down. And this was many, many years ago. And I had to be transferred to a restaurant for the night that was like within the umbrella, but it wasn't the same restaurant. The guests that were there were came from the restaurant that were supposed to be the one that shut down, but they didn't like the second sister restaurant. So we had to go there to make sure that the guests were happy and everything was, you know, handy dandy the way it should have been done according to their standards because the menu prices are different so I'm there right and this is one of those instances where like the, the restaurant I work at is so busy right and like I'm, I say, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna talk as if it's the present but it's really in the past the restaurant I work at is so fucking busy that like when somebody asks you to cut two ribeyes you grab two boxes of ribeyes that's, that's 16 uh, I'm sorry 12 loins right 12 loins but it's like 14 pieces of loin do the math about 150 pieces of ribeyes, right? So, <laughs> but they mean two ribeyes, like two steaks off of one loin. That's how different this is. Literally, this is the difference that it is because if a chef asked me to cut six full tenderloins, I would cut six cases of tenderloins, right? Yeah, 80 fucking tenderloins I would cut. It's crazy. No, is it 80? Yeah, no, yeah. But he meant like six pieces. The party was a 19 top. It wasn't anything serious. It was a day off for me because I didn't have to work at the normal place. I was, was going to be elbow deep in fucking steak, salt, and pepper anyway. Might as well fucking go to this other place, take a nice Uber ride down that's going to be, you know, supposedly, supposedly paid for by the company. Still waiting on that 10 years later, but okay. <laughs> so... I had to go down, you know, with the food. We had to accommodate these people. So we, we, have, we brought the stuff that their menu didn't have with us. And then we're going to use their steaks because the steaks were the same. The prices are still different. Tell me about it. Okay, so, <laughs> so I come down there and I'm like, the party wants seven 12-ounce fillets, nine bone and ribeyes, and whatever else there was. There was no fish, which we took down, of course, obviously. We brought down 10 pieces of sea bass thinking what? The people who went to the steakhouse are going to want 10 sea bass? Yeah, good thinking there, dickheads. That could have saved us a couple of pounds, Jamie Jam. But it's all right. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. But so this guy, I'm like, this is seven 12-ounce fillets. And he looks at me as if, like, the world is ending. Like, as if behind me was an asteroid that was going to destroy him, the world, and everything else we knew. He lost all hope. Like, the man just, just broke down in front of me because I told him I needed seven bone, I mean, seven 12-ounce fillets. And I was like, what's the matter? And Jamie, I'm, I'm there with Jamie Jam. So Jamie Jam walks over and he's like, I, I don't have seven. It was like a Dragon Ball Z episode for like 12 minutes. I have, I have six. To which I looked at him like, 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 I think Jamie Jam read my face at the moment because my face was literally probably like, I'm going to strangle you right here in front of all these people with my left hand, not even my right hand my left hand with my right hand I'm gonna pull every one of your fucking hairs out while I'm strangling you with my left hand and he was taller than me you motherfucker because it took a lot but I think but Jamie Jam intervened and he was like it's okay it's okay we can cut some we could fillet some and then he looks at me right Dimitri you could fillet some won't you and I was like yeah sure I'll fucking fillet some you're telling me you have six 12 ounce fillets for a Saturday night what are you doing 
what are you doing? Then again, sales cures all, right? How do I know this? Because the restaurant that closed for the night, the one that I was a part of, that you know was the reason for all of this happening, did more sales than the restaurant that I went to and it was closed. Yeah, $2,000 more. <laughs> this is one of those things where a six inch piece of equipment could uh, be worth a lot more than what it's worth for in the stores. Anyway, so I was appalled that this guy didn't have fucking seven, 12 ounce fillets. So I grabbed on two loins and I fucking butchered fillets. And he looked at me when I grabbed those loins like I was grabbing his children. Like he looked at me and said, like, what the fuck are you doing with two tenderloins? Because he's never had to cut that many because he's not that busy. And the thing is for him, if one of the cooks overcooks a tenderloin, <clears throat> right? So let's say that there's 10 tenderloins that go out, 10 filet mignons, and you know all of them are supposed to be uh, medium rare and one of them medium, and he cooks one of them well done. And that guy is like, fuck this, you know, I need this back. So they have to recook a steak. For them to have recorded that loss compared to their sales, is monumentally different than for me to have to record an eight ounce fillet. Eight ounce fillets, we lose like 20 a day, easy, because we cook a thousand of them. And we, we, we cook 1,200 eight ounce fillets, oh, no, not 1,200, 200 eight ounce fillets in one day, one day. This guy just cooks 200 uh, 12 ounce fillets in probably like, I don't know, three months, four months. So that's the difference in sales cures all. One fillet doesn't mean shit to me because I'm making so much more money. It's nothing. It's like a percent, it's 0.001 of a percent if I lose an eight ounce fillet. And for him, it's two whole percent. That's a lot more different when you're trying to explain to corporate why your food cost is 38% and your sales are so low. But my food cost is a 28% and our sales are tripled. Not even more than tripled. It's like 30 times 30 is tripled. So sales cures all in that sense, financially. And mistakes, financial mistakes, it covers it all, the sales. Now, yes, we could botch it up huge and lose three cases of um, no, Alaskan King crab legs. That'll be a point, one point on our inventory, maybe. It'll go from 28 to 29. If this guy loses three cases of Alaskan King crab legs, he's done for the year. Like, he's never going to climb out of that hole this year. You know what I mean? Every other steak has to be perfect. And yeah, you're not cooking a lot, but at the same time, your labor's tight, too. So every line cook that wants another dollar, that's like a fucking huge chunk out of your budget. For us, we fired six dishwashers a day. We don't give a fuck. We have 25 of them on the staff. So we were okay. In January, obviously, we're going to slim down, but that's the way sales cures all, right? Another way sales cures all is an employee, like a person. So the team that works together with you, usually, I'm talking about the management, usually have to get along. If, a lot, if somebody doesn't get along with the rest of the team, they push themselves out or they get fired or something happens. Or they just get isolated to where they're not included in, in, in what I'm about to talk about, which, which sucks. So when you're a line cook, or even when you're a manager, when it's slow, what you try to do at work is you try to not fuck yourself over. Meaning like, you don't want to leave the day completely unprepared because you know you're opening the next day and you're going to fuck yourself, you know, you want to do your job so that you look like you did something today. If you want to, if you actually do like your job and like working and not a complete piece of shit. So you do your job to where you want to work, you want to do your thing. And you, you know, get yourself shit done. You don't want you want to set yourself up for success for the day, but the next day doesn't really that matter that much to you because you, one, you're not working, or two, you're working that night, and three, the person that works the next day because it's so slow can fucking do what they're supposed to do with with nothing left for them to prep. If you have extra time to prep for them, you could actually make the day easier for them. But then what they'll do is absolutely nothing. They'll have nothing to do the day. Like they'll just be just walking around with a clipboard that's filled out already, and you know, just like chilling. You know what I mean? So what you try to do for the day when it's slow is to, is to cover your own ass and to kind of like look competent while you're working so you eventually you don't get fired. 
Now, when it's busy as shit, you know what I mean? When it's fucking, you're not doing that anymore. You can't. There's no way for you to survive that day for you to set yourself up the next day. It's too busy. There's, you, you, you'll have to stay there overnight. And you'll, and you'll do it and you, you seem like you, you'll think you've done like a heroic feast, feat by staying there all night and, and polishing all the dishes and, and the glasses and whatever the fuck it is you think you did. The next day, that will be completely destroyed and there will be no memory of that event whatsoever because we do 1,200 covers a day. Like there's no way anything you could have done could perpetuate itself for more than a day. Period. Like you can't. So what you could do and what you actually what you're going to have to do eventually when it's busy, whether you want to or not, if you want to keep your job, is to set up the next person's day a little bit. So that they are not completely fucked. You know what I mean? So it's, it's called... So, like, I used to stay late because, you know, it was boring and the person used to have to come in later. And I told them you could come in later. So I used to stay later for that. Now I stay late because I want the next person not to be completely fucked. Like, if I don't want Beck to work 14 hours tomorrow, I'm going to have to butcher these chickens. Because at 10.30 in the morning, there's a catering party for him with 17 chickens on. And if he comes in at 9 or 8, whatever, and there's no butcher chickens... He's going to have to spend that first, I'm going to say about 45 minutes to an hour butchering chickens. Because the way we butcher chickens is the most asinine back way you could possibly butcher a chicken. Of course. Why would it be the quickest way? Nah, let's, take it, let's make it hard for them. No, remove that bone and that bone. You leave the other ones. What the fuck? Can I just remove all the bones? Nope. Jesus Christ, what the fuck's wrong with you guys? Just fucking, just, the guests could take the bone off the chicken or just do an airline breast. Why are we even throwing the leg in there? Come on, get with the shit. It's a steakhouse. Why do you even have chicken on the fucking menu? Ugh. Anyway, so because Beck then com- will come in at least and he'll just have to cook the chickens and then put them in the containers because he's getting ready for a 300 cover lunch. Like if there's 50 people on the books, maybe it would still be a dick move for him to have to butcher chickens in the morning. But maybe, you know, I wouldn't, he could be all right. Now, if he comes in, he, it's, it's, it's a wrap because he, he would get it done. He would have somebody butchering the chickens. He would hand one chicken to every single employee and say, there's a race. The winner gets 10 bucks. And they would all race and butcher the chickens. And it would be five minutes out of everyone's time instead of an hour and a half or 45 minutes, I'm sorry, after his. But that's what I mean. Sales cures all. Sales cures all builds that teamwork that wouldn't be there otherwise. So, like, I wouldn't be thinking about the next day's chickens. Or they probably would have already been done because the butcher would have had time to butcher them. So that would have ironed itself out, kind of. But now I'm thinking of the guy next tomorrow because he's going to be truly fucked. And I'm going to be breaking his heart if I didn't do that. So I work a little bit to set up for him. Like when I open in the mornings and it's, it's like three, three days a week or two days a week that I open or whatever. I come in and then the sheets are already printed on the thing. Now what, what was it to hit print? What the fuck? Why, what, what, wow, big deal. Thanks a lot. You hit print. But it wasn't that. It was because it was slow. So it's because it's slow. Yes, he hit print, but he didn't have to hit print. He hit print, he put the sheet on there to let me know that, hey, man, I'm thinking about you like the night before. You know what I mean? Hopefully, Beck coming in today will ignore the fact that I possibly forgot to order whipped cream. And <laughs> and and he's going to see the chickens and be like, I easy fucking did that. And I, like, Whatever. Dimitri, one for one again. You're push. Okay, cool. Mulligan, you know? <laughs> but like, sales cures all in the fact that it literally does uni- unite the team. It makes your financial you know, things a lot better and you're making more money, clearly, obviously. All the things, now you have more money in the budget because you're bringing more to the bottom line to fix the oven, to fix the fucking air conditioning, to fix this or that or that, to hire a better cleaning crew, to figure out what the fuck, the fucking wine porter who knows nothing about wine is sitting there sprawled out on the case of champagne glasses, picking his nose, watching porn on his phone. Oh my God, you should have seen it. He's a big butterball motherfucker. Polipo, his name was, Polipo. Filippo's fucking sprawled out on the thing, on the order that just came in that he's supposed to be putting away. 
and he's on his phone. I opened the door because I, I actually um, went downstairs to get lids for like two ounce containers because I figured why not? Let me take a trip to C2 when chefs usually don't take trips to C2 right in the beginning of the lunch rush. I didn't fuck anything because, I mean, Bobberto himself let me go, meaning he had the line for five minutes. I wasn't going to dig dilly around down there. We literally was just getting at the lids. But Filippo doesn't know that I'm usually down there. He doesn't think that I'm, you know, shit, it's 1130 or it's 1145. Like, chef's in the middle of lunch. There's no way he's going to be coming down to, to, to be B3 to fucking check it out. No, fuck you, bitch. I did. I opened the elevator door and this motherfucker, like, Humpty Dumpty almost fell off the goddamn thing. He threw his phone into the air, did like seven flips as he's rolling off of the thing. He finally caught himself and like stood up, caught his phone. You know, he was like, I was just texting to find out where to put these glasses. Motherfucker, every single piece of glassware that's in that room was put away by you. What do you mean where to put the glasses, you fucking dickhead? You know what I mean? Same day, by the way, I come in to get the, the, come in to count the sodas and he's in there, same shit, picking his nose, eating the boogers. I'm like, dude. Can you stop? What the fuck? You know what I mean? That guy's not working with us when it's slow because we could put away the glasses. We could watch porn on our own phones. It's okay. We don't need somebody to do that for us while we're busy. Sales cures all. So what you need to remember is if your business is not doing the sales, it's going to be a lot harder for you and you should probably switch businesses or figure out a way to get some more sales. Because once sales start coming in, and the other thing is when sales start coming in, don't get used to that lack, that slack that you get when sales are in, when everything is easy, because we've got to remember how tight it could be when sales are low. Toodles.